This is Shopify Masters, the e-commerce marketing podcast for ambitious entrepreneurs. It's powered by Shopify, the easiest way to sell online, in person, and anywhere in between. To start your free 14-day trial, visit shopify.com. Hey, entrepreneurs, my name is Felix, and I'm the host of the Shopify Masters podcast. Each week, we put out podcast interviews with successful e-commerce entrepreneurs or experts to give you inspiration, motivation, and actionable tips to increase your traffic and sales so your store can generate the sales you need to live the life you want. On the last podcast episode, we talked about how you can take a pragmatic approach to choosing your niche rather than just solely following your passion. On this week's episode, we talk about how an entrepreneur followed her passions, created a Facebook fan page that now drives the majority of her traffic. In this episode, you'll learn how you can tell if you're just interested or if you're truly passionate about a niche, how to transition from building an audience to monetizing that audience, and the kinds of content you should post on your Facebook fan page to get the most engagement with actual examples. Today, I'm joined by Rosala Carrington from pridedesigns.com. That's P-R-I-D-E-D-E-S-I-G-N-Z.com. Pride Designs was born from two major Facebook communities, Lesbian Pride and I Support Equal Rights, and sells many things, including bracelets, dog tags, jewelry, mugs, necklaces, rings, and t-shirts. And was started in 2015 in based out of Los Angeles, California. Welcome, Rizla. Hey, what's up, Felix? Awesome. So tell us a little bit more about your store and what are, you know, you obviously I listed a bunch of products that you guys sell. What are some of the most popular ones? Um, right now, actually, it's switching back and forth between rings and bracelets. Uh, necklaces are, are doing pretty well as, as well, but um, right now rings are pretty hot. Nice. Cool. So um, you you and I met out in uh, San Francisco when I was out there for a Shopify Unite conference. It was funny just bumping into you and you were telling me your story. And I was like, yeah, definitely want to have you on the podcast uh, because of your interesting kind of background and how you got started. I think it's a pretty, not necessarily similar story for a lot of entrepreneurs out there, but this feeling of trying something and then not working and then almost like failing a bunch of ways towards your first success. So tell us a little bit about your background, how you got started, not necessarily in e-commerce, but like what was your kind of online business background? Oh, sure. Okay. So um, I got started in uh, online entrepreneurship, we'll just say that, um, uh, back in uh, the end of 2012. And I got started with a, a network marketing company. It was, um, it was a, a viral blogging system. Some people might know what that is by just saying that. But yeah, I did that for almost two years. Um, I really, I really tried to make that thing work. I mean, I, I can't even tell you how much, like literally, like just blood, sweat, and a lot of tears I put into just trying to get it work. And um, I was barely, like, barely breaking even. And, um, I, uh, I decided I didn't want to give up my dream of like leaving, you know, the corporate, you know, hustle of, you know, and living paycheck to paycheck, but I wanted to take a break. So I decided to, um, get into just, uh, doing something completely different from blogging. And I got into building fan pages. I'm making a very long story short of how like it happened, but pretty much like I was like, everyone was talking about Facebook fan pages and I was like, you know what, let me, uh, let me go ahead and try this out. And at the time, I was trying to lose weight and stuff. And so I was like, let me just try to make a, a weight loss fan page. Um, and that is a, the weight loss health industry, as most people know, it's very competitive. So getting likes for that was super like ridiculous, um, ex- ridiculously expensive. So I was like, oh, you know, I was like, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not, you know, I'm still not, I'm not getting this. And then I was like, I have to, you know, uh, I'm, one of my mentors was like, you know what? Do something that you're passionate about. Do something that, you know, it's very easy to, you know, get into to uh, to create content, to generate content for. And, you know, I try to figure out what do I want to do, what do I want to do, you know. And then next thing you know, I look in the mirror, I'm like, why don't I just do about me and my mm-hmm. lifestyle and, and you know, being a part of the LGBT community. And that's when I started first uh, I Support Equal Rights. And then I started um, Lesbian Pride just because I noticed how much, um, activity, um, the fem- the women of the uh, I Support Equal Rights were, you know, it was just so active. So I was like, let me see what happens if I just create just one page just for mainly, you know, women, LGBT women. And that one just pretty much blew up. And I like to tell people this because it's, it's, it's very important, but I really only had $5 a day to spend on building this fan page. And the reason being was we just got back from Germany to America. My wife wasn't able to work because we were still waiting for a green card. 
And um, so I was, you know, I was working my job and we we're living in California. California is decently expensive. So, mm-hmm. you know, we were living off my paycheck and off credit cards. And I literally was like, okay, like we, you know, I shouldn't be spending money on this. So I spent like $5 a day every day, which is like 150 bucks for about like a little less than six months. And, you know, I look up and I didn't sell anything. I just look up and I had over 100,000 fans, very active community. At that time, I was getting, you know, hundreds of comments and, you know, hundreds and almost thousands of likes. And it was crazy. Um, and then I started selling T-shirts on Teespring and making a couple thousand dollars a month. And, yeah, it was, it, was, it was amazing. And then next thing you know, I was making the same amount of money as I was with, uh, with my, um, my job. And I was starting to get a little burnt out because at that point, um, I was barely sleeping. I was sleeping maybe four or five, six hours um, a day. And, um, which isn't good <laughs> to do, you know? Uh, so my wife was like, okay, you have to like give up something. And she recommended I give up my job because, you know, my dream was to work for myself and have my own business. So I gave up my job and, um, I don't know if you remember this Felix, but do you remember when Facebook changed their algorithm from, uh, from C first to, um, to their own algorithm mm-hmm. where it was like, um, uh, where it was like kind of based off engagement. Yeah, definitely. I think anybody yeah. that, that started marketing on Facebook, especially back then, definitely felt that as well. Oh, yeah, man. Going into it. I felt that so bad. Like it literally happened right after I quit my job and my engagement. And, and the crazy thing was uh, the money I was putting in because it has such high engagement on my fan page. Uh, the amount of money I had to put in for advertisement, I literally put in for every dollar I'd put in, I'd make maybe like five bucks. And it was because of the, all the organic engagement I was getting. Uh, Facebook was really just letting my posts travel very far. So when that when Facebook made that switch, I really was not prepared for it. And um, it just, my reach went down. Like my, I went from just kind of like being able to reach, you know, millions of people with a page of 100,000 to barely reaching two, 300 people. And my ad costs went up. So I'm spending a dollar and I was making like, you know, one dollar and ten cents. I was making like ten cents. You know, the profit with ROI was still an ROI. You know, but it was like barely anything. So I wasn't really ready for it, and um, pretty much uh, <laughs> it was a lot of up and down from that point. Just I, um, just just you know, launching campaigns, and it was a very it was a struggle. Um, there was even a point where I had to actually go back and get a job at an elementary school and work as a TA. And at that point. Um, I was working as a TA and then suddenly I started like making a shift in my mindset and my thinking and I just started generating more content and I just started really engaging. I went back to the basics pretty much, just engaging with my fans again. The next thing you know, I'm reaching more people. My, you know, ad costs were, were you know, it was, it was going down um, and Facebook was just letting my posts be seen and um, uh, then um, just kept going. You know, I was doing Teespring. I was also getting into Represent. Uh, which is similar to Teespring. And then finally, I you know, bit the bullet and I, I was like, what is this Shopify everyone's talking about? And I finally got into Shopify. And in August, uh, which was my very, I, got, I started Shopify at the, like the last month, like the last two or three days of July. August was my first month and I made $10,000. And it was crazy. Like ever since then, it's been pretty good. Um, I had my first, in, back in uh, February, I had my first $30,000 month this year. Uh, uh, as, as far as sales revenue goes, um, it's, it's, it's been amazing, um, with Shopify and just kind of like using my fan page as leverage. And I, I just really want to, I, when people ask me, how do I do it? I always say, choose something that you're truly passionate about because it's so much more easier to find content, to be engaging, to just not get tired of running the community because, that's so important is building a community, being engaged and being passionate about that community. Um, not only does it like, it goes a long way as far as the people see that you care, but it goes a long way as far as your ad costs. It goes down so much because you're getting so much organic reach. And I don't care what anyone says. If you're going to give me free organic reach, I'll take that, you know? Um, so I, I love, you know, talking about like fan pages and the importance of just creating something that you can be proud of as well as, you know, creating something that you can, you know, build a lifestyle off of. 
Well, that's the podcast, folks. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I think that's a great kind of overview that I, I want to basically break down and dive into each thing you just said, because I think it's really important. And I think at the end of this too, Will, we were talking before the podcast that you wanted to kind of put together a visual timeline of all these kind of successes and failures along the way, which I think is going to be really cool. And we'll talk about uh, a link to that in a second or at the end of this. Um, so let's start from the, the beginning. So you... You said that you were getting into network marketing. So tell us a little bit more about that for for folks out there that aren't familiar with this. Like, what is network marketing? Uh, network marketing, or sometimes called direct sales or MLM, multi level marketing, it's pretty much. Um, uh, gosh, how can I? It's, <laughs> even though you say it's not a pyramid scheme, it's kind of a pyramid when you mm-hmm. look at. It. There's someone you have a sponsor, and you know they they sponsor you, and then you sponsor other people, and pretty much. Uh, you make money off of the amount of people you recruit as well as the amount of product you sell from selling product uh, either to the people that are buying it who you recruited um, it's an it's a way of um, just kind of kind of referral marketing if you may say like you refer someone to a product they buy it then you say hey, I have this great opportunity so um, I got into it just because of the fact that um, I like the idea that it was online um, I like the fact that, you know, you can make money off of the work that someone else was doing as well. So I thought it would be, quote unquote, easy. Mm. <laughs> um, and I, I I was completely new to it. And I just, the community was amazing. It was an amazing community. Very active, um, very passionate. They were huge on, one thing I have to say about network marketing, MLM, they're huge on mindset. Like they... And, that's, that, and that was important because I literally was just drilling, trying to, I guess you can say, almost brainwash myself in the sense of like cleaning my brain of all the ne- negativity and the, the thoughts of like, this is impossible, to just starting to believe in myself and believe in the idea that it is possible to live the lifestyle of your dreams. So um, so that was what network marketing did for me. But as far as it, I mean, just, I, I don't know how to say like, what is it? It's kind of hard to explain in the sense of like, it's an opportunity to make money. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to say without yeah. making it seem like a shady or bad yeah, thing. Yeah, I know. That's what um, I'm saying. Like, and that's and that's important to talk about because I, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't proud of like when I talk about my business now, I'm like, yo, this is my business. I'm da da da. This is I don't care. Like, I love sharing what I do. When I was doing that with marketing, I was kind of like, uh, I don't know, you know, like. Yeah, I've I've heard this um this I guess um, suggestion that when you're starting a business, you should start a business where you would be proud to stand on a stage and talk about it. And just thinking of it that way, I think makes a big difference, right? Because there's certain totally. things where you maybe you know, would you would you tell your mom about your business, or would you you know be okay talking to people about your business that way? You know, I think that's a good um, I guess kind of exercise to go through when it comes to deciding what you want to be doing. So uh, network marketing, this thing that you were doing, um, you thought it'd be easy to, to kind of, you know, make money online. So maybe we can answer you. Maybe I'd like to answer. Maybe you can answer this question is like, is there an easy way to make money online? And if you see an opportunity where it says that there's an easy way to make money online, do you investigate it or do you run away from it? Um, it depends on how they market it. Cause I, I'm very interested in marketing and how people market. I won't, I'm not going to join it. You know, I, <laughs> I love what I'm doing now, but I love when someone catches my attention. It's like, Ooh, how did you catch my attention? So I'm more like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'll show you interest, but not necessarily mm. for the product or the opportunity, but because of how you caught my attention. I love that attitude. Cause I think I actually had, um, a, uh, an email that I sent out about this recently, which was about how I think the, you know, the most successful entrepreneurs are the ones that try to find opportunity to to learn from anything and everything even if you don't necessarily agree with the product or agree with the way they're doing things there's i feel like there's always a lesson to be learned and you kind of pull out the things that you need and then apply it to your business rather than so being so quick to judge and i think that's a sounds like the attitude that you have i think it's um, a great one to have Totally. If I, I have ADD, so I'm like, whoa, you caught my attention? You you disrupted me? Let me see. You know, that's yeah, you're, I'm you're like, a good oh uh, you're a good litmus test then for a for yeah, what works totally. what doesn't. Okay, so you um, were doing this uh, network marketing thing, and this just, just kind of get an idea of the timeline. This was 2012, you said. Mm-hmm, end of like 2012, all okay. the way until just about like almost 2014. Okay. So you said for about two years and then you, at what point did you start creating your, your first uh, Facebook uh, fan page? 
Um, I started creating it in September. Like there was some overlap, so I'll, I'll just say that there was definitely some overlap. But I started creating it in September. Um, that was my my weight loss one, which I wasn't really passionate about because you know I was uh, so I started creating that, um, and then I started creating my first icebreaker rights and lesbian pride in September. Mm, that, this is an interesting topic, though, about how you because you were saying you're saying that you weren't interested, or you weren't passionate about the weight loss uh, Facebook fan page, but you did say before that that you were looking to find ways to lose weight. So you were kind of in the, I, I guess, attitude. Oh, not as attitude, but you were in that mindset of this is a topic that I'm interested in. But mm. you're saying that there's a level even above that. So I think there's almost like a trap, not necessarily a trap, but like a potential trap that other entrepreneurs aren't, might run into where they start kind of rationalizing and saying, yeah, I, I could be passionate about that. I'm interested in it. I could get passionate about it. But, and that's almost, I guess almost the direction that you went in, right? Because you were interested in this topic, but you weren't passionate about it. So how can you tell the difference between whether you're actually passionate about a particular business or passionate about a particular industry versus just being interested in it? That's a, that's actually a great question because sometimes to me, it felt so, because like, that's, that's a really good question. Um, because the weight, the, well, the weight loss was because something I had to do, you know, mm. it was something that I, I was interested in how to lose weight. And I figured I, let me just monetize this with the lesbian pride. It was so natural to me. It didn't even come up as an idea because it was so natural. Like I was always, reading articles, um, engaging on other fan pages, you know, liking videos, watching videos. And it was just, it seemed like such a, a, a lug, like a, um, a, a form of entertainment, you know, like I was just kind of like, um, wait, this, I, this can be a niche I can be a part of. Um, like for example, a lot of people watch, uh, boxing or UFC or MMA and they're super passionate about it. They love it. They know all the fighters. They talk about things. They, they, they don't necessarily compete in it, but they are so super passionate about it, but they wouldn't consider that a niche they can join because they think, oh, I, I have to be a fighter. I have to, it was like, no, no. Just being someone who is entertained by uh, a niche, it can be used as, um, as, you, as, you, as your niche to you know, monetize. So I, I would say it, it should be something natural. Sometimes it doesn't yeah. even come. Like, um, sometimes I, before I got started, I wrote down everything that I, I was and that I've accomplished. Like I wrote down, okay, I'm a, I'm a wife. I'm a, I'm a salesperson. I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a lesbian. I'm, I'm this, I'm that. I, I used to do this and I used to do that. So I wrote down everything I could possibly think of everything that I've done, everything that I, my favorite TV shows. And that's where I kind of was like, okay, like these are the things, let me try to figure out what I can do. And then when I found, I was like, oh, I, 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 I'm a lesbian. I'm also interested in LGBT issues. Let me research this niche. And then I promise you, almost every single niche has some type of buying power. LGBT niche has a huge buying power. You know, um, MMA niche has a huge buying power. Like, it, you have to get past And then you go, oh, wow, I can do something. I can, you know, pull some revenue out of this, you know. So I think that's, that's kind of what I did when I... Um, first decided, okay, let me get into this. Yeah, I love that, that exercise that you went through to kind of really evaluate yourself. And I think that sometimes it's hard to be objective and I guess unbiased and look at ourselves that way. And I, th I, th I think I might have recorded a video about this particular technique that I think works well is just not necessarily to look inside yourself. Definitely do that. But if you can't feel you can't do it objectively or use one other perspective, go out and ask the people that are closest to you to describe you. Because I bet that if you went out to your friends and asked them to describe you at that time, they wouldn't describe you as, oh, she's really interested in weight loss. They're probably mm -hmm. way more likely to say she's interested in LGBT issues. Mm -hmm. So like if you go out and ask people that are close to you, like describe who I am, it's a really good way to kind of figure out what you are passionate about. Because like you're saying, the things that you're passionate about are natural and they just kind of rise up out of you, whether mm -hmm. you want to you know, make it evident or not. And the people that are the recipients of your passion are going to be the people that are closest to you and they can pick up on those things. So that's, I think, a, a great, I guess, not necessarily idea, but a good exercise to go through is just definitely go through it yourself, but then also ask the people that are closest to you to describe you. That's, cool. Yeah, that's great. I love that idea too. Yeah, no, it's it's kind of awkward though when you go to somebody, hey, can you uh, describe who I am? Because you know they're they're all obviously also uh, don't want to yeah. you know pigeonhole you in a certain way. But <laughs> yeah, um, you can get them to say, I think it's a great kind of um, thing to have. Cool. So, um, all right. So let's kind of work through this timeline here. So you um, created the first fan page. Uh, you said was that September two thousand twelve? 
2013. Oh, 2013. Okay, so about a year into the uh, network marketing uh, business that you're doing. Yeah, no, I, you know what? I made a mistake then. I, I totally forgot. It was, I guess it was the end of 2011 that I joined network marketing. Okay, so, so almost two years of you yeah. doing that and then starting the first fan page. So how yeah. quickly did, did the, and I guess at that time, did Facebook already implement the, the whole new algorithm for their newsfeed? No. Not yet. Okay. So you were able to just start this fan page and you said you had $5 a month to spend and you were buying ads. Like how were you able to get that traction early on? I had only $5 a day, which is like 150 a month. So, um, that's $5. So I'm just, just, you just said $5 a, a day a month. Uh, okay. Sorry. $5 a day. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just in case, just because people are like, "What, really?" You know. No, yeah, that's <laughs> you can't do much of five a month. Yeah, no, so five no, no. five a day. Yeah. So, what were you doing to um to get that attraction? I was doing um page like ads. Um, and you know, I know it's kind of controversy. People are like that that doesn't work, you know. But um, yeah, I just doing page like ads. Um, uh, I straight up, I it did not, I did not get. I think my cheapest like was about two to three cents. I got it, but it took like maybe um, three weeks to get it down there. So what I would do is I'd put it. Um, what I would do since I only had five dollars a day is I'd make maybe three or four ads, or I think maybe three. I think I started off with actually what did I do. I think I did three ads, and I would do like one dollar and like one dollar and like fifty cents, or like one dollar and something. Some other. I I just divided it. It was a one dollar, and I would just do it on like um, I kept it super simple. Um, I just, um, just what I would do to find the images, I would just Google like LGBT pride and then whatever image popped up on Google, I would just use that image. Um, but now it's even easier now because Facebook has a way you can use their images by Shutterstock. I don't know if anyone knows that, but, um, uh, you can just type in LGBT, you know, gay or whatever, or if you're in, into golf, just type in golf or whatever. And they'll actually give you, um, images from Shutterstock, which is way better and I would just use those images and I would run run the ads for maybe like five days, see how long it took to opti- uh, Facebook to optimize it. And if it didn't work, I would uh, shut it down. And if it did work, I'd keep it running. So um, that's pretty much all I did. Mm-hmm. It, was, it didn't take very long at all. Cool. Yeah. So we, I, I want to get into, um, you know, as we make our way through this timeline, like what you do today, because obviously things are a little bit oh, yeah, different. Sure. Yeah. So, um, but before we get there, so you started this um, Facebook fan page, got traction. Did you immediately start monetizing that audience or like how long no. did you wait before you started to sell? I guess you said T-shirts was the first thing? Yeah, Teespring. Um, it took I less than six months. I remember um, I was so reluctant to do it because I was so like I was just. I have, it was like my baby, you know, I was like, Oh, I have to monetize my baby. You know, um, I, I didn't monetize, it took less than six months just because I wanted to, I wanted to get the community really engaged. Also, I was so focused on my job at the time. I was working so much at that job that I needed to kind of just stay focused on that. And I just didn't have time to really do nothing. All I had, all I could really do was just literally, um, just create the ads. And that, that took less than maybe 20 minutes. And that's all I had. So you were just spending like 20 minutes a day? just Pretty much. Okay. And I think you touched on a really important point, which is I think a lot of um, business advice, and I totally agree with this too, which is you want to build an audience first before you Mm. start selling anything. The... What they don't talk about next is the issue that you ran into, right? Because you build an audience first, and the best way that I've seen uh, to do that is just to create content. Content is free, though. So you're providing a bunch of value, a bunch of value, all free, and now you want to start asking your audience to pay you for things, which they you've never had that kind of relationship with them before because they've always expected free things from you. So did you run into, did you have this, I guess, concern about now going to have to ask people to pay me for things when I never did before, and did you have an actual issue with it? I think my thing was um, I was afraid of unlikes and people. Yeah, it was pretty much losing people. I'm over that now, but <laughs> um, but I was definitely afraid of just kind of like asking. I was like, oh, I don't want to lose my you know fans. I grew, I grew, I grew just as much as they grew a relationship with me. I grew a relationship with them. You know, there are people who were, I, I like. I, I replied to every single comment that was on my page. You know, like when I was on my, what would I would do is on my breaks or when I was downtime at my job, I would just hop on my phone and I would just go on my fan page and just reply to comments, like comments, reply to it, you know, and um, I built this relationship and I wasn't used to that. So it definitely, the, the way I introed into monetizing was I would just, I created my first t-shirt and I just wrote, 
I didn't put a link or anything. And I just wrote, hey, would you guys buy this if we started selling it? And the amount of response they gave me was more than enough motivation to start selling. I was like, oh, okay. I like that because you basically, and I've heard this work out well too, but not for this particular, I guess, purpose, but you involved them super early, really early mm-hmm. on. And almost like you guys as a group collectively decided to let's, sell these things rather than, hey, I did this thing, you know, behind your, not necessarily behind your back, but off to the side and here it is. Now you, when you want to buy it, you got their feedback early on. So I think that's a a great technique. So did you have any kind of backlash once you released it, even though you took these steps? Yeah, I did. Um, Probably, I mean, I don't, I don't get it anymore. At least I don't see it anymore Um, because I still hop in my page every once in a while and just go through stuff. But, um, yeah, I got one out of maybe 200 comments of yes. There was like a no, I can't believe you're selling stuff, you know, how, how you know, whatever, you're a corporate, something, they would just say something negative, but it was like mm-hmm. one out of 200. So I always like, I didn't, definitely didn't hone in on that. Like, I'd be like, one thing that feels good is deleting and blocking people. They're like, <laughs> oh, I'm just going to delete and block you. <laughs> so that feels good. <laughs> so I do that if someone says something really absurd. But no, it's pretty. If someone says just no, it's just it's okay. One out of you know two hundred was I mean, fine. That's, yeah, half a percent or whatever. Yeah. Like, eh. So you said that it doesn't bother you now. So is it because you're able to do things like you know block people, or mm-hmm. it was like a mental shift that you went through? Like talk talk to us about why it doesn't bother you now. Totally a mental shift. I just realized you know what you know. There's a fine line between like okay, this is this is my business, this is, you know, my life or whatever, you know, like, cause it's kind of intertwangles, you know, you're like, this is kind of, you know, like I built this, you know, and I put my heart and soul into it. But then you have to also remember, it's also just a Facebook fan page, you know? Um, and it was just kind of like being okay mm-hmm. with just not everyone liking what you like. And again, like it feels really good to delete and block somebody when they're being really mean. You're like, you know, I'm just going to do this because they, they thrive off of, you know, confrontation um, I used to, well, I think I confronted people maybe once or twice and I realized that it was bothering me more than them. I don't know if it was bothering them at all, to be honest with you, but it bothered me. So I was like, you know what? I'll feel so much better if I just delete and block this person who's being extremely rude. I mean, if someone says no, I don't delete and block someone, but if someone's being like extremely like, you know, rude or just mean, it's like, okay, I don't want negativity like that mm-hmm. in my life on my, on my fan page that I built using my own money. I'm not going to allow it, you know? Yeah. It's not even so much just an attack on you, but then it bring, could bring down the entire community as well totally. if you let it spread. And <laughs> yeah. one, one, like, and you know, I want to talk about this in a second too, about if you encounter these things, but one, one, uh, great quote that I heard before was, uh, I think it was, if video games have taught me anything, if, you're encountering enemies and encountering haters, then you're going in the right way, which mm. I think is, you know, because you're not taking these steps where you are putting things out there and kind of you know, putting your neck out there and getting love or hate, then you're not really doing anything sometimes, right? Because yeah. if you're not really actually putting, almost standing for something or making some kind of definitive um, stance on something, then you're never going to have haters, which means that you're never going to have the other side of it, which are people that love what you're doing. So, um, so this kind of, uh, I think this is an issue, not necessarily an issue, but I think this comes up a lot too with people that have Facebook fan pages is about how to kind of take control of the negativity. So is, is your your direction just to you know block them or do you try to like, you know, I guess respond to every single, or not every single, but do you ever try to respond to negativity with your own comments or anything like that? No, no, it's just a waste of time. I mean, there's something called, I mean, they're trolls, you know, people are just trolls, you know, and I, I tell my VA, don't give into it, just, you know, because I have my VA, she pretty much, you know, we'll, I'm pretty sure we'll talk about it later, when did I get a VA and stuff, but, you know, I, I kind of had to take a few step backs from just being all about the fan page sometimes, so I tell her, like, listen, if someone's being mean or whatever, you go ahead and delete and block them, I trust your judgment, um, because this causes too much, it causes too much stress, um, just to, you know, let someone ruin your day that you don't even know. So, yeah, I, I, I would say the best advice I would give to people is turn on the profanity filter because um, that will automatically, like, it's, you know, it, it hides the comments. It doesn't necessarily block the person, but it hides the comments from your other people seeing. Uh, you put on, like, blocked words. So, like, people are going to say, you know, always people say, you can find this on Amazon or eBay or, or, or this and that or whatever, this 
thing is whack or ugly. You know, you can turn it and turn it on and just say, okay, I don't want these words, any words like this that shows up, immediately hide it. So that reduces greatly. Like only like 90% of the people will see those comments, which is really good. Um, so that's what I do. It saves me a lot of time. It saves my VA a lot of time. It saves us a lot, a lot of stress and just kind of like doesn't, you know, it doesn't take control of our life. Awesome. Yeah. So let's actually get into the Facebook fan page strategy. I think this is where you have a ton of expertise. So in the early days, you're saying that you were buying ads and were you, were you doing anything else other than buying ads to get traction or was there, uh, let me, uh, let me just ask you that one question. Were you doing anything other than just buying ads to get people to like the page? No, um, I heard a lot of people, I heard one strategy some people can do if you have a little bit more time is posting in Facebook groups, you know, saying, hey guys, or doing it not in a not so spammy way, just say, hey guys, I got, first maybe asking the admin as well, just say, hey guys, I got this amazing fan page, would love if you can show me some love or whatever. Um, Some people will do that. I didn't do that. I didn't have time, but I heard that works really well. Um, I just really just bought Facebook likes. That's all I did. And once you got to like a certain, um, I guess, number of likes, were you were the ads uh, uh, improving in the ROI? Like, was there anything about having you know a thousand likes that made it easier to get the next thousand? Um, I guess you would say the ad itself matured. So like, it was going from like it it would it would go down from like four cents a like to maybe two cents a like. Um, also, here's uh, something that I, I really thought was cool. I noticed that people who liked my page were also inviting a lot of other people who liked my page. So that's why I was getting so much, like, if you were, do, if you were to do the math, like, you say, okay, well, like, I have this many likes and I spent this much money, you know, I was maybe spending less than a penny per like. You know, if you were to like, kind of like say, okay, if I take all the likes I paid for, all the likes I currently have, add that together and divide that by the amount of money I spent, it was just less than a penny because mm. so many people were liking and sharing and commenting on my posts and inviting people to like my page that it just um, allowed, allowed the community to grow really quickly. Um, the strategy that I would recommend now is still like if you're still brand new to Facebook and you've never ran an ad, I would still highly recommend to start with Facebook ad, like ads just because it's easier. It get, allows you to build confidence because I kid you not, like I had so much confidence that when it came time to do ads for Teespring, I already knew what I was doing. Um, I already knew that this is a winning community. These are winning target keywords. I already knew all I had to do was transfer, make a few tweaks here and there. And then boom, you know, I was able to make a certain amount of money. Uh, so I still recommend that as a starting point, uh, keyword starting point for people who are just getting started in Facebook advertising. Awesome. So I think you have probably seen as I've seen, I'm sure everyone that's listening has seen the news or the article about how Facebook buying ads for Facebook likes gets you a lot of fake likes. Did you, what are your thoughts on that? Did you have that issue? Not, no, never. I, I don't even... I did read an article, and I was to be honest with you. People, when I see that, and people say, "Oh, likes are whack," or "likes are da da," I completely ignore it because I know it works. Um, I, you know, I, I know it works. It's like okay, that you know, that's what someone didn't have a good time with it. That's their issue. But for me, it worked. Another thing is, um, it depends on who you're targeting. If you're targeting countries that, if you're just trying to get likes, just to have a community or just to have a page full of likes, you can do that. It's very easy. You just you just target countries that, um, you know, like, uh, you know, like India or sometimes, you know, they can, they'll like stuff really quickly. Um, but, the uh, mm-hmm. you know, the engagement isn't as high sometimes, or even like if I had targeted men for a lesbian pride fan, fan page, I promise you my likes would have been like less than a cent, you know? Um, it's just, it's just, it's how you target. Um, it's not fake likes. It's just people who don't really engage, you know, in your page. Um, people yeah. always say it's fake, but it's not it's just people who aren't engaging in your page. That makes sense. So when I think there's a really important, important point about the engagement factor, because I think, you know, Facebook takes this into consideration and we've all seen those Facebook fan pages where I think someone actually asked this question in one of the Facebook groups, in my Facebook group, where they said that some communities have, you know, 30,000 fans and only two to three likes. Is that the result of, you think, these quote-unquote fake likes, or you just think that they're not providing the right kind of content that uh, gets the engagements? I, it could be. I mean, I, I don't, to be honest with you, I, I do know people who have built their um, – there was a method a while ago uh, where people would buy fake likes, 
And what would happen was when people, um, they would allow them, like Facebook had it set. This is way, this is before I got joined. Um, someone told me about the strategy. People would buy a ton of fake likes. And what would happen was Facebook would immediately move that page higher up on the suggested mm. pages. So um, that, that strategy was long gone before I joined start doing this but now i think you know if that's the case some that might be the case for some pages but now i think the pages the case for a lot of the pages they're not providing the content that the person originally liked the page for so if the person liked the page for mma and this this other this page you know because it had you know an mma video on it but yet all they talk about is you know eating healthy or whatever the person probably just really wants to see more mma you know content not necessarily about like eating healthy even though they're kind of related not you know the person mm-hmm. just is more interested in the MMA if that makes any sense. That does. So does that mean that when you are creating these Facebook fan pages and let's say because obviously you guys are selling a lot of different products, but you're not like creating a fan page about a specific product. You're creating a fan page about a specific you know something I guess larger than that. And maybe someone out there were wanted to create a fan page, they would create about like a particular lifestyle that they wanted that their customer I guess or ideal customer was living. So when you are creating a a fan page uh, how specific should the or how targeted should the, the kind of core topic be as targeted as the person wants it to be to be honest with you like i know people who have a fan page um on a specific dog breed mm-hmm. and they do amazing especially in shopify like they sell amazing stuff and and they're doing great um but i know people who just have it on just regular dogs and they're doing great as well because you know it, it, it really matters on um on what you want, because you can always, it just, you can always do something with it. Now, and I think, you know, just to kind of veer off the subject real quick, a lot of times people think, oh, you know, you have these people who don't want to, who aren't ever going to buy anything. But here's the cool thing. If I send them to my blog, I have AdSense on my blog. If I send them here, I have this and that. I have affiliate stuff on my blog and stuff. So sure, they don't buy anything from me from Shopify, but I still have a way to monetize, you know, so that's something that's not really important that a lot of people don't realize that you can still use the audience that you got for something, you know, um, and and it really, as far as targeted niche goes, it really, it really, it really doesn't matter. It just matters on how how much content that person who creates the fan page is willing to provide for it. Mm, makes so, a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk about the content then. What kind of content? Are you posting, or maybe like walk us through your 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 process for figuring out what to post on your fan page? Um, honestly, <laughs> right now this is something that you know I'll be honest with you, like this is crazy cool. But I use a lot of Instagram content, um, and it, it, it's great because um, oh, it's kind of cool because a lot of people um, they don't uh, a lot. <laughs> I don't want to say a lot of people don't use Instagram that are on Facebook, but a lot of the super active people on Facebook aren't super active on Instagram. So mm-hmm. it's easier to kind of take that content from Instagram. You know, I always keep the, you know, I leave the, I leave the love on. I leave, I let people keep their usernames because people like to tag the pictures. I keep that on. That's cool, you know. Um, and I just post it on my Facebook, you know. And um, the, the amount of, of, of engagement is crazy. Like, because like, they're like, whoa, cool, new picture. And um, as far as articles go, um, I'm just, you know, what I do is I just go to YouTube and just take off a, a picture, uh, a YouTube video, and I just pop it on my blog. And, you know, maybe I'll put like a, um, a, a banner up for my, um, my Pride Designs of products, and I just put that up there as well. I keep it super simple. Yeah, I like I like this about uh, kind of repurposing context. I don't think there's an issue at all being a curator because I think a lot of times we think about um, I have a you know a fan page, I have a blog, I got and I got to create everything from scratch. It has to come from my mind only, mm-hmm. and I'm not looking anywhere else. And you take in the steps to curate the content, right? And you know, to a certain totally. degree, I think with your blog, you 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 at least put your own kind of spin or tweak on it. But I don't think there there's an issue at all with curating because curation is valuable in itself, right? I mean, you go to a museum and all of that. As curator, right? Totally. And there's still yeah. value in just being a central kind of hub for content. So, is it all all the content you put out there? Pretty much um, images. Like, what are your thoughts on this? I think there's a lot of conversations about, uh, you know, text posts don't work as well as images, and videos the next big thing. Like, what are your thoughts on the different types of content for your fan page? Um, I'd say um, everything works, nothing doesn't. <laughs> Honestly, like videos are hot right now. That's true. 
But um, I, I, a lot of people like to take videos from other people and stuff and from YouTube and they download it and they do, they do all this funky stuff. And I don't like to do that, you know, unless I get, unless someone comes to me and says, Hey, I want you to do that. Then I'll do it. But I, I just use YouTube and post that. Um, but I know videos for a fact work really well. Um, but li- just linking out to websites still works well as, as well. Facebook, if Facebook notices people are cl- clicking out, because Facebook doesn't necessarily take the person out and open up a new, you know, web browser. It, if you're on mobile, of course, because mm-hmm. you know, but it actually just opens it up in Facebook. Um, so if you're on your, you're, you're in the app, you click on a website article, it doesn't necessarily open the article out into Safari or Google Chrome. It just opens it into Facebook. So you're reading the articles technically still inside the app. So I still get really good traction with um with links. Uh, I mean, I have one link that is just going crazy. It's a quiz, and I get like two to three thousand visitors a day, and I spend a dollar on it. It's absolutely insane. Wow! So give us an idea of like the the kind of scale. So, what your two Facebook fan pages? Like, how many likes are on there? And then tell us like how many like comments and likes uh, you usually, I guess, on average, will get for uh, something you post. So Isoprego Rights has about a little less than 100,000. Um, that is kind of sort of active. I have kind of took a break from it a little bit just because Lesbian Pride is doing so well. Um, mm-hmm. I get about maybe 100, 200 likes, um, uh, maybe a couple, two or three comments or maybe 10 at the most. Uh, Lesbian Pride, on the other hand, will get up to 3,000 likes on average and maybe 100 to 1,000 comments. If I ask them to drop a selfie, I promise you, if you refresh that, if you refresh the page in like a minute, there'll be at least a hundred selfies. Like I, I sometimes I just do drop a selfie hour, and people will just drop a selfie. Um, because uh, like what it does is it really just boosts engagement. Um, yeah, it, it really depends on what I'm doing and what I'm asking, but it definitely can be a, get up to a thousand shares. Are average five hundred to a thousand shares for Lesbian Pride. Um, and this is a, I, I would say like I'm still at a, I'm at three hundred thousand fans. So it's not huge, it's, yeah. you know. It's I mean, that's a great. Like, yeah, I'm not sure. I can't do the math in my head right now, but it's if just with three hundred thousand, you get talking about thousands of likes, hundreds of comments. I think that's. I don't. I've never seen really that kind of engagement anywhere else. Um, so, is there a a strategy to getting this interaction? Because I like this idea of asking people to post a selfie because. Everyone loves sharing their selfie if they're, if they're taking one. And it seems like you hit on something. You hit on a almost like a call and response technique on Facebook fan pages that works really well for you with this selfie thing. Are there any other kind of t- uh, strategies or uh, kinds of interactive, uh, interaction posts that, 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 that work well for you? Yeah, um, uh, you can. There's several actually. So I'll just list as much as I have on top of my head. One is voting. Like you'll like post two pictures of two different people. You'll say vote. You know who's hotter, or um, or maybe two different shows. Sometimes like Orange is New, Orange is the New Black versus the L Word. Which is your favorite? You know. And and real quick. So vote. these these are voting on just two things, right? You're not asking them to pick from like ten different things. No, just two two things. Okay, I think that's um, important that you don't yeah. want to. I found I saw this really interesting thing too, where um, just like a study about how you, if the more I guess options you have when these kind of polls, that just less people want to vote. But yeah. I think sticking with two sounds like a good idea. So yeah, keep going. Sorry. No, no, no worries. Um, but you're right. Like I've noticed, it's, it's either a little or a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but it's either like two things or uh, twenty-one things. You know, everything in in the middle, they're kind of like ah. Eh. You know. Um, yeah. What I'll do is um, I'll post quizzes as well and that's where like i come into like the okay i put a 15 to 21 question quiz and instead like um i'll post like oh what did you get comment below what did you get you know and you know and then so people will take the quiz and they'll come back onto the page just to comment and say what they got that gets crazy and that when you think about it it's kind of crazy how well like they will actually go through finish the quiz i use a, a tool called play buzz and um, you can go in and create a quiz and stuff like that. And um, you can see how long people stay on the page. Um, whenever I post a quiz on my blog, I can see people stay on my page for at least three minutes to finish the quiz, to come back, to comment on on my fan page, to say, I got this. Is this the kind of quiz where it's like, uh, you know, which city should you live in type of quiz? Is that yeah, the kind of idea? But it's, it's, your, it's more geared towards my community where it's like... Um, what type of lesbian are you? Or um, how gay are you? Or like, uh, how well do you know your LGBT trivia? You know, yeah, stuff like that. I think this is like a really great 
psychological hack because it it, it um, plays on two different things. One thing is that people love, 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 love learning more things about themselves, right? People's, everyone's favorite topic is themselves. So if you oh, give yeah. them a way to learn more about themselves, <laughs> that really kind of kicks them into wanting to participate. Second thing is that they love to talk about themselves, but they don't want to come off as um, bragging. So the yep. best way to do that is to get someone else to talk about them. And if it's the results of a quiz, they're not saying, hey, look, I'm like this type of person. This quiz determined that. And I think that's a really kind of great, and you've seen it work really, I've seen it work really well for a lot of different um, I guess uh, Facebook fan pages and groups is the idea of posting these quizzes. So you said uh, asking for a selfie, voting for for, for uh, two different things, quizzes. Anything else that you recommend um, listeners try to do if they want to uh, increase engagement? I mean, like just to go off really quick on the selfie thing. One one selfie that really blows up is uh, saying I do a do a self I do a selfie challenge. Like selfie challenge. Drop your drop a selfie and and add anyone who who likes it. And people, people actually, that actually goes even, the results are 10 times that, just a, a side note. So if someone wants to try that and then switch it up a little bit. Um, well, sorry, what was that? You said uh, add someone that likes it? Yeah, it's, a self, it's called a selfie challenge. And you drop a selfie and the person, and then add anyone who likes your selfie. So what will happen, and that's cra- that causes crazy engagement because everyone is going through all the comments, liking people's pictures, you know, commenting on people's pictures. So I'm not even doing anything to create the engagement. They're all going through comments, liking pictures and commenting and it it creates some crazy engagement. Like one selfie one time had over like 3000 likes on it. It was crazy. More likes in the picture. And I was like, wow. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm a little dense on this. I just want to make sure I understand it. So someone posts their selfie and then the idea is to add them as like a friend. Is that what you're saying? Like how do you... The goal is, so there's two steps. One step. Step one, you post a selfie. Step two is you go through all the comments and you like selfies of other people. So the person who, you know, who, if like, so someone likes my selfie, um, I have to add the person who liked my selfie. Mm, okay. That makes sense. That makes any sense. So it kind of gets, like it kind of creates crazy engagement. Um, and what I usually do is I usually put like a free gift as a link on, on the, in the post. So that way people, you know, you know, there's a free gift or, or, or a chance to sign up for an email list. And then I grab some emails and stuff like that. You know, I'll grab a couple hundred emails, you know, for free. No awesome. Money. Cool. So I think the most uh, important question out of this, I've heard this um, asked a couple of times when I was asking the, my community what they wanted me to ask was about how do you turn those likes into actual buyers? How do you go from likes to purchases? So when you're posting this content, is there like a, a call to action? Like, how do you actually drive people that are that? There's great that has all this activity, but how do you actually get get them to buy things from you? That's a great question. I actually like that someone asked that question because a lot of times, and a lot of marketers say like they always say likes doesn't equal money, and that's one hundred percent true. Likes does not equal money, but what likes do, does equal it can allow you to equal more engagement. You know, because you have a, a person who's already somewhat warmed up to you. So like likes equals to me this is the formula that I kind of like likes equal engagement equal you know clicks equal email equal you know email equals money to me that's kind of where I kind of because I have the opportunity to communicate with you through your email so to go so to kind of break it all down is so okay I get a like right so it's a very high chance that someone is probably going to see my post and they see my post and they like it and then they engage in it. So when they engage in it, they either engage in it by commenting, sharing, um, or even clicking on the link I have in my post, which is usually uh, several different things. It could be uh, sign up to a newsletter, sign up for a giveaway, sign up for um, uh, my social site that I'm building as well. So it's, it's several different things. So someone can sign up for one of those email lists. Um, or if they don't, no worries because they already engaged in it, which allows other people to see it because you know when you engage in it, Facebook allows the post to travel more into other people's newsfeed. So, um, so once that happens, you know, either I get something from that person, uh, then if I get an email, then when I'm in their inbox, that's when I communicate with them in a sense of, okay, you're on my email list. Let's just say they get on my email list for the giveaway. I say, okay, we announce a giveaway once every week. Um, but in the meantime, here's a discount to one of my products, you know, and they get a discount. And then from there they can decide to either, um, purchase something or they can just hang out until they're ready to buy something or they'll join another email list from there. Um, so it kind of keeps going. I, I create like a circle, like you're doing something with me. I don't know what you're doing, but you're doing something. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I love that. 
two things that you said about that. First, I like the funnel that you have set up, right? Because you have likes, which means that they're going to be seeing your content. They're, you're posting things, they're engaging them. So they're really, really familiar with you and have you top of mind. And then there's going to be certain posts that you have. I guess not every single post, but certain posts that eventually drive them to some place, either through a giveaway or uh, I'm not sure you mentioned anything else. But basically, the idea is to drive them to some other landing page that collects the email. Is that is mm-hmm. that right? Okay, mm-hmm. collects email, and then do you have some kind of autoresponder or something set up? To mm-hmm. how do you get do. them to to buy from there? I have an autoresponder set up. Um, as well as I, I have scheduled broadcasts that I, you know, kind of just like, I, I, I try not to do too much autoresponder stuff. I, you know, kind of keep, cause like sometimes it, sometimes the same person will join the same email list twice or mm-hmm. something. So, um, I just try not to, I just keep it fresh. I have like two email autoresponders set up and I just do broadcasts. Um, and either they're either joining another email list that qualifies them more into being a buyer or, um, it gets them to try to buy something. So, um, or get them to interact. I sometimes send them back to a quiz. I say, oh, okay, well, hop on, you know, you're, you just join my email list, you know, check out this quiz, you know, and that's, you know, I keep them, keep them in a circle. I kind of try to get to know them, um, keep them entertained, keep them used to like opening my emails, clicking my links, commenting, sharing. I want them to just engage with me. I don't care what Mm -hmm. you're doing. Just engage. Yeah, I, I like this attitude. That this was the second thing that I liked about what you're saying is that uh, sometimes we stress so much about how do we get the funnel, how do we get them from point A to point B, but sometimes there is no kind of direct path. And the idea, I think, what you're getting at is that they're going to be doing something with you. They're going to be exposed to you somehow. So sometimes there's no like direct path from no. going from likes to buyers. You just kind of keep them involved in your immersed into like your brand's universe and pull them deeper and deeper, deeper into it by getting them more and more and more engaged. And then it's almost like this huge spider web that you set up. Eventually they'll, they'll hit one of the opportunities where they want to buy from you. And I think that's an important point because sometimes we stress too much about, oh, my conversion rates are dropping here, dropping there. And sometimes it's not a straight path, right? Sometimes it's literally, you know, getting them as engaged as possible. So I think it's a great point. Okay, so um, can you give us an idea of how large the email list is? Because I'm looking at, so let's say you have uh, 300,000 uh, likes on the Lesbian Pride group. Mm-hmm. How many emails can that, I guess, equate to for your situation? I'll be honest with you. I'm, kicking, I'm still kicking myself in the butt for this, but it took me forever to finally start an email list. Um, I would say I'm at about 50,000. And wow, I should I mean, be at a lot more. I, I'll be honest. I I didn't start till um, October. That's amazing, though. Fifty thousand from just three hundred thousand likes and just start in October. So I guess right now that's about six months ago. I think that's a great growth, and I don't think that that's a Thanks. anything to be ashamed of at all. So, <laughs> but um, I, I keep telling people just build an email list. Don't don't be like me. <laughs> build an email list. Yeah, I mean, do you are you able to see like the uh, conversions from? I mean, do you ever just come out and pitch a product on the Facebook page, or is it all done through the emails? Well, I kind of, you know, I used to kind of, I do and I don't. Like, I still, I don't really go really hard on like pitching. I still, I post the the product on my Facebook page, so it still gets organic reach, a lot of organic reach. But um, I'll I'll like go like one day I'll post like three products, and then I won't post anything for like a week. And that's because I'm driving traffic to those three products or like, or traffic from another funnel is coming back to those products or warm traffic is going to those products. But I don't really always, you know, if you were to look at my post, it either has no link or it has a link to something um, like a giveaway or something. Cause like the goal is to try to get people on, on the email list. Um, or even, I even try to send them to Instagram. That's another thing I like, okay, check out Instagram because, you know, um, that's another place where I can like, you know, talk to communicate with somebody. Um, I don't go, I don't go very hard with, uh, posting too much product. I don't have a, a daily or twice a day. I post a product. I don't do that. Mm-hmm. Did you, was it because you weren't getting the, the same kind of conversions as email? Yeah. Like what made you change your, I guess, um, direction? I never really did. I always just, you okay. know, I, if I were to post a product, it would be, it would be just because I'm creating an ad and I would just publish it on the page. Um, it wasn't because, you know, I had a scheduled, um, I, I just, to me, it's like, um, yeah, I just don't, I just don't. Okay. I think that's, that's, um, I mean, I, I, per- I think that's a good idea too, is just always, I, I've said this plenty of times too, and people probably might be tired of hearing about it, but always drive 
the followers that you have, the likes, whatever, to to an email list because mm. that is the only platform that you have true control over. Totally. Email never goes away. And the way that I've always thought about um, these kind of new social media platforms popping up is that think of it as almost like an eBay or an Etsy because these social media platforms, they've spent a lot of time marketing, spent a lot of time, have full teams building a marketplace of like eyeballs, right? At these mm. different locations, a bunch of prospective customers for you. But the problem with being on like an Etsy or an eBay is that you don't actually own that customer. At the end of the day, they still own it. So they can shut it down any time or change things and all of a sudden it's gone. So I feel like for any entrepreneur out there that, that wants to go the route of social, your only goal is to get all the people, all those eyeballs, all those prospective customers from those platforms onto your platform because it's going to go away someday. And you always have your own platform. So, you know, totally. Facebook's going to go away someday. Facebook fan page is going to go away someday. Yes. You know, but, but because you have an email <laughs> list. so. Yeah, because, but, you know, because you have such a huge email list, you don't depend on it. And not just that, but if another popular social media platform pops up, you can drive all 50,000 or however many you have at that time to there. All of a sudden, you're like the big shot on the new platform and you'll get way much, a lot more kind of organic growth from there because, you know, a lot of platforms care about who's most active on there. So I think um, I think you're doing the right thing. And I think uh, your, your kind of message is the right thing too, which is to get started with emails as soon as possible. Yes. So, you know, we're running, almost running out of time here. So I want to ask you one more, I guess, big thing about Facebook uh, fan pages, which is not about Facebook fan pages. It's about Facebook groups. So I think everyone out there might be listening is like saying like, why haven't you started a Facebook group? Because everyone's, you know, saying the things that you heard plenty of times, which is, you know, fan pages are not getting as much organic reach as before. Groups is the new big thing. What are your thoughts on that? Like, what are your thoughts on groups versus pages? I'll be honest with you. I just started a group. Um, from, from the, from the fan page. Um, but I had to, I, what I did was I made it a, a reward. I said, if you do this, you'll get a reward of being able to join this group. The groups are pretty good. I would say there's a ton of, there's a ton of, um, I, let's see, I have like maybe almost 2000 people and, you know, I would say I get like about a hundred new posts every single day. It's crazy engagement, um, in groups. So I would say, yeah, groups are cool and all, but at the same time, it's also very, um, it's a lot of work because you're monitoring things a lot more. There's less, even though you're an admin, you're kind of like, you're not, unless you want to restrict people from posting, which isn't very fun for them. Um, it's kind of like, I feel like more of a babysitter in a group, you know? Mm. And I feel like I have less control. Um, be okay with having less control and giving control. I mean, it's good for, it's good for like training purposes, you know, it's good for community learning purposes, but for what, I do in the sense of like, um, you know, I'm trying to drive people to certain things. Um, it, it can, it's not really like, ugh, I don't know. To be honest with you, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I like it in the sense of the engagement, but I don't like it in the sense of the lack of control. I like, I, I think, I think you, you hit the nail on the head there because with Facebook fan pages, you control the topics, right? Because people exactly. can't create their own topics. They have to respond or reply to your post. So you exactly. control the the main topic everyone should be talking about. Facebook groups, everyone can create their own topic. So it's <laughs> almost like a free-for-all kind of forum, I guess. That, I, mean, yeah. I, I mean, literally it's a forum. It's crazy. Like you're like, oh my gosh, yeah. I'm, deleting, I'm deleting this picture. You know, like, <laughs> no, I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I guess moving on from there, I want to talk a little bit, you know, kind of closes out, talk a little bit about your actual uh, store itself. Um, so I think just real quick, what is the, um, how, what is, I guess, what's your day to day? Like how, how much, how much involved are you with the Facebook fan page versus like, you know, running your actual Shopify store? Um, running, I would say they, you know, my, my day consists of like in the morning, you know, after I get situated with like, you know, exercise and stuff, uh, I sit down and I check my ads first thing, maybe take me an hour to an hour and a half. Um, the store, I will probably add maybe a item or two, um, I'll optimize, you know, to the, the, to the store from, you know, whatever, a, a vendor or something or a supplier or, or even custom content that I created. Um, you know what? This is the best I can advice I can give to people starting a Shopify store. Just spend one or two days just adding a bunch of items to your store. You know, just add it. Just add it, you know. Um, especially if you're starting off with drop shipping, you know, find a supplier and just start adding or, or you know, start adding products because 
you know, if you just spend a couple of days, like, you know, I spend one, one day, you know, like you only have eight items and then you start, you know, I'm just going to spend add an item a day, you know, that's not going to get you anywhere. At least have 40 items in your store and then just start, you know, going from there and just promoting each item and you know, maybe spend one week promoting one item and seeing if that can be a winner. But I don't, I'll be honest with you, Felix, that's kind of a problem that I had is that I had like, I had to kind of create less time for myself because I'm less productive when I have too much time. Mm. So I would, does that make sense to you? I think that's uh yeah. <laughs> Cause it's almost like the more time you have, you just learn to fill that time with things yeah. that aren't as important. Yeah. So I had to like create, like make it so that I only had four hours to spend on my business a day, four that's to five fun. hours. So I had to like, okay, I'm going to go work out. I'm going to do this. I'm going to spend time with my wife. I'm going to try to make dinner or we're going to go out to eat. So I'm just not going to, I'm just going to chill for an hour or two a day because that's what I want to do, you know. So I try to spend only four to five hours a day, you know, on, it, not consecutively. I spend like maybe three hours and maybe two to three hours. So um, on my store, uh, just like doing, just doing random stuff. I'll be honest with you. Like I'm literally just kind of like the first two hours I spend just with ads and the next couple hours I'm spending just doing random stuff. Like, you know, like things store owners do. Uh, I don't know what this. <laughs> no, I think I think um, I think that that makes a lot of sense. I like the idea of limiting your time, and I've heard of this. Uh, I think um, John Lee Dumas. I'm not sure if you listen to him or anyone else does. He runs Entrepreneur on Fire podcast. He talks yeah. a lot about this uh, baby effect, which is that uh, a lot of entrepreneurs kick kick things into higher gear once they have less time or more things either less time or more at stake because once you know you have a baby all of a sudden you don't have any time at all to do anything so you really learn how to prioritize and focus on what's actually important because more time doesn't necessarily mean you can devote it towards the right things you could be totally distracted and then all of a sudden be doing things that are detrimental to your business so i think that's a really uh kind of great advice so i think when you were talking i actually remember one last thing i do want to ask about facebook uh fan pages which is uh you were saying you're using ads before to, to to build the uh the likes is that still the strategy that you use today where like what's working for you today at the scale that you're at where you know a hundred thousand likes on one page three hundred thousand likes on your your main most profitable page like what are you doing now to drive more and more likes to those pages I do not do uh, Facebook uh, page like ads anymore just because the amount of ads and the amount of ad money I'm spending on regular ads. I actually get a, a ton of page likes without having to do to without having to do page likes. So this is just like I, organic, like sharing. Yeah, okay. Organic or just people just, when you run ads, people will like your page from those ads. Like it's kind of crazy. Like, you know, I, I'll, I'll, when you run an ad, for let's say a website clicks, you're 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 um trying to get more website clicks. If you click on like, I want to see how many people like my page from this ad, it's kind of crazy. You'll, there are people who like the page. Like it's kind of like, oh, not only did they click, but they liked it. You know. And are they? Um, is it because that your Facebook fan page is the one that I guess owns the ad, or are they looking it up afterwards? Like how are they going from seeing your ad to a, a product to then finding your Facebook fan page? What I kind of what I what I've noticed that this is something that I because I actually you know ask my wife and I ask a lot of people their own their behaviors on when they see ads on Facebook and in my own personal you know what I usually do is I click on it I'll click on the ad so I'll look on, I'll click on the ad I'll take me to the page and I'm like oh you know I'm interested I'm not interested I'll click back but I did like the offer and then I want I'm interested in the page so I'll go click on the on the link for the page it'll take me to the page and I'll look on the page and see what they got going I'll, oh this is an interesting page I'm going to go ahead and like the page so um I ask my wife and you know I always ask people like what do you do like you know and they tell me this is this is what I do you know and I do that too so they'll do two different two or three different things you know they'll like to click the thing so not people always people who don't buy doesn't mean that they didn't give you something they might have given you also a like too. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't know if you, um, I mean, that's just kind of my behavior and the behavior I've asked from other people um, is I'll click on the ad and I'll either go back and say, I, I, I'm interested in the page though. You know, I'll look at the page and I'll like the page. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Cool. So in terms of running this entire operation you have going on here, are there any particular tools or apps that uh, either, you know, through shop by app store or just outside of it that you really depend on to keep things running? Oh yeah. Um, I'm gonna give a huge shout out to my guys at, um, Hextom, H-E-X-T-O-M.com. Those guys have amazing apps. Um, uh, the banner apps, the, the, the countdown, the countdown timer banner app has made me, has, has definitely increased my conversions. I don't like pop-ups. My people don't like pop-ups. 
um, and uh, just, you know, a scarce, you know, I, want, I still want to provide them with scarcity. You know, I think people need a little pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Countdown Timer app from Hextum uh, is amazing. It, um, it allows you to even just, if you want to just show the Countdown Timer on just the cart page, it, you know, it really helps to increase conversion, like saying, hey, uh, in less than an hour, we're going to shut down the free, free, free shipping, you know. Um, so that's an app that I definitely recommend. Another app that I use is retarget app. Um, people who don't really understand too much about Facebook advertising and they, they don't like, you know, the whole, the whole new Facebook pixel is the new, the new thing everyone's asking questions about. Definitely install retarget app. Um, it takes so much pressure off of you. It's dynamic retargeting, which means that like, uh, it will retarget someone like after someone visits a certain, uh, product. Not only will it retarget that person on that product, but also uh, relatable products to that person as well. So that's really important because um, retarding is huge. So if you're if you're driving traffic, you need to be retargeting people. So please download that retarget app. Um, I think those are the only two apps that I really like use consistently all the time. And are there any other apps? No, those are the only two apps I really use all the time. Awesome, cool. Awesome. So thanks so much, Rizal. I think you dropped a lot of knowledge here about Facebook fan pages. A lot of things I think people can get started on immediately or if they have a fan page already, things they can implement immediately as well. So um, pridedesigns.com, P-R-I-D-E-D-E-S-I-G-N-Z.com, uh, Rizala.com, which is R-I-Z-A-L-A.com is your personal site. Anywhere else you recommend the listeners go check out if they want to follow along with uh, you know what you're up to? No, um, I'll just be inside our Facebook group, you know, as, answering questions. You know, if uh, anyone has any questions, they can just refer to your Facebook group, um, Traffic and Sales. And uh, I'll be in there answering questions uh, because I, I do definitely, just if I can give one advice, is just, you know, just be patient and be consistent. Those are the two things that I want to say, like, be patient and be consistent. And if you can get those two down and just keep doing what you're doing, it's, it's going to happen. It's bound to happen. Yeah. I, I mean, I want to jump in there. I think that's uh, great advice. You don't even have to be great. If you can just be good or good enough and yeah. be consistent, it will get you really, really far. Because, I promise you, yeah. Yeah, I think it's, um, it's, it's, a, it's a game of attrition. You know, who can stay in it the longest? Who can? It's not necessarily who's best, but like who's left, right? Who can stick around totally. and just be consistent? I think that's great advice. Awesome. awesome. So thanks so much. Again, um, pridedesigns.com, uh, rizala.com, and we'll link all that in the show notes. You know, thanks again for coming on. Yeah, no, thank you again for having me. And I really appreciate you, you know, having me on this show. I really, I really like giving back to the community that's given me so much. Yeah, you definitely have. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks, Felix. Thanks for listening to Shopify Masters, the e-commerce marketing podcast for ambitious entrepreneurs. To start your store today, visit shopify.com for a free 14-day trial.